Spurs, the greatest team of the year. Hello, hello, and welcome back, my Yankee Yiddos. How are we doing today? It is Tuesday afternoon for us. I'm sitting here with my good friend, Nick Turns. Nick, how are you doing? Doing all right. Doing okay. You know, it's a little bit of a rough weekend, but... Rough weekend, but we've had a few days to breathe before we had to come on, on air and talk about it. And we got tomorrow to look forward to. So yes, yes. So, so today we only have one one uh, match to discuss. Uh, it's the Man U match on Saturday morning, uh, but it definitely has a lot attached to it to talk about. And then yes, we will talk about Brighton ahead, which um, we are going to spend a little bit of time on that because I think that is the perfect Spursy match that we need to prepare ourselves for. Um, so we'll have a little. No. We're definitely gonna win. We know how we see the trend, right? Win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. It's a win now. I don't know these trends. We'll get to it. We'll get to it at the end. But we'll, we'll discuss the trends that are Spurs and Brighton and what that means for us. But you know, to kick it off, to talk about what happened Saturday morning. So for me, it was a nine thirty kickoff on the West Coast, which is what eleven thirty where you're at, I believe. Yep, just about noon. Eleven thirty. Did you do your usual watching at home? Or were you able to, I guess, well, this one was on Peacock. So the, for me, there yeah. wasn't much. I couldn't even go to the bar. Uh, I proceeded to go only to find out it was on Peacock. You know this one from the text you were receiving in the fifth minute. Like, <laughs> what the hell's going yeah, I, on? I was late to you on that one. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I had already stormed out of the bar before then. Um, mad only at Peacock and uh, the EPL. No one, yeah. no one at the bar. But because um, we don't have it there yet, this is our first season, so we're still working on getting it next season. Long Beach, we're gonna have it all set up. It'll be perfectly fine. But, uh, but yes, yeah, so you uh, you were watching at home, like myself. Yes, yes, sir. By myself yeah. in the basement. It was Same. good though. I mean, it was nice. Yeah. Well, again, that's a it's a very uh, American soccer fan thing to do is to have your like at home ritual, you know, watching the match by yourself. Lots of times for a lot of us, it's like, that's our one time out of the week. Cause we're probably the only Spurs fans we know, or one of few. Um, yep. So yeah, watch, watching at home. I mean, for years, that was like my favorite time of the week. And uh, that would include other matches too. But now it's like, I, I could care less about most of the teams. So uh, it's just Spurs. But when I watch it by myself, it's just as much fun. My neighbors hate it, but it doesn't change much for me. Yeah, I, I could have watched it maybe with my friend who's a United fan, but I didn't want to go through that like I did earlier in the season. So it's like, yeah. I'll just do it, do it by myself. And then if things go well, then he'll just receive tons of texts. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Cut your losses early. Play it safe. Risk versus reward. Yes, this is we're talking about a lot of but, stocks and patterns here. Guys, it's like, I'm a Spurs fan. I know how this goes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, we, we thrashed them last season. Um, at Man U, you know, at Old Trafford with no one there. Yeah. Uh, we knew that this would be a bit different. Um, but I will say, you know, before we get too far into it, I don't think Man U now and even Old Trafford is the one that we grew up with. You know, the Man U and the Old Trafford that I remember and that I grew up with was such a fortress. I mean, getting past, getting over their halfway line was a task for any team, you know. And to try to come out there with a win, my whole life has been difficult. But at, literally ever since Louis van Gaal, 
I don't think it's been that way and it's been getting worse and worse. Yeah, you that, I 100% agree with you with that. All that. They're not the team that they were. They are, the stadium's not the same as it was because yep. of the team not being the same that it is, right? So, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, the, there's definitely points there that you can take. And it's not a complete shocker. I mean, a 6-1 yeah. is a shocker, but yeah. Yes, yeah. But uh, And that, that proves a little bit just where they are as a team. But then mm-hmm. if you look at today, and we're going to obviously discuss everything, analyze it from top to bottom. But, I mean – Getting into it, yeah, it, it is a different team. And, okay, one thing I want to say before we start, talking about the atmosphere and stuff, we've commented on this in multiple episodes this season, but the Spurs fans, and especially the traveling fans, I always have to, you know, raise my glass to them, give a big ups, because I can hear you guys, whether we're down one, whether we're down two, whether we're up, whether it's tied, you know, like we can always hear the Spurs fans. and. I, I do think that uh, sometimes, you know, the um, the media or the, the, the channel kind of will, will play up the fan sounds and stuff like that. But I think it's to have Spurs fans, you know, being the, the louder voice in Old Trafford, is it says a lot, you know, for, for both sides, where we are, our fan, our following, and then what they've kind of done. Did, did you hear the, the chant? My which, favorite chant? Which one? <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere they go, Chelsea gets sanctioned. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely didn't hear that. Oh, um, it was hilarious. I yeah. was like, oh, man, I think I hear it. I'm like, oh, that would be hilarious if they were. And then I kept listening. I'm like, oh, they are chanting it. That is hilarious. Uh, uh, yeah. that was really funny. There we go. I didn't hear that, but now I'm going to keep an ear out for it. <laughs> Everywhere they go, Chelsea gets sanctioned. <laughs> yep, yep. All right, well, looking at the match, let's start from the beginning how we usually do. Um, talking about. Uh, the lineup, um, and just how we did with the lineup. And no surprises. Up. Yeah, for me, there was no surprises with the starting 11. It was, I mean, especially with the injuries that we know about with uh, Skip and uh, Sessignon. Yep. So, I mean, I wasn't as surprised. Plus, it's probably our best lineup we could have right now, yeah. for sure, especially with the enter- those those injuries. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I I feel like you probably feel the same. I don't know. You haven't really talked about your reaction to it, but yeah, no, uh, very similar. I mean, we, me and Matt talked about it extensively in our last episode, but just the fact that our team is so small at the moment, uh, mm-hmm. that there's really no room for it. Like, even if we had a few other players, this would probably be our best eleven. Uh, we have a few players that don't really see the field. Bergwijn, Lucas, we kind of mentioned they're kind of like falling down in the pecking order, not really being as important. Um, but I would say this would be basically our strongest starting 11 it's with the injuries. I mean, I think Sessignon and Reggie at full strength are basically equal. Um, yeah. You know? Yeah, maybe Reggie's just a little ahead, maybe in my opinion. But yeah, it's they're, they're, yeah, I think they're pretty yeah. close. Yeah, they both form. have like uh, some good points, some bad points, and they're both young and they're both kind of like getting better. But to say yeah. one, like leagues above the other, I don't think so. Um, the one thing I will say is that me and Matt both got it right last week on our Delhi double that Matt Doherty would start. Um, I think everyone guessed that. We put it on Instagram yeah. it was like 100%, you know. And the one thing about that is we all knew it. We all agree with it. But it is funny to just see um, not just how Spurs fans work, but just how soccer works in the professional level. You know, like he was 
out and out, you know, three months ago. Like, no one wanted to see him, hear from him. He gets on the field, he gets booed, things like this, you know. Yeah. Um, and now he's a changed player. What What do you – because I didn't get to your opinion on it last episode because, you know, you weren't here. But what was your – what's your opinion on, you know, his growth? Is it straight Conte? I think that's the same thing I asked Matt. Is it, was it straight – is it straight Conte or – um, is something else, you know, adding to his progression. That's actually really funny you talked to this because I was listening to a, another podcast and they were they were talking about it too. Mm-hmm. And the guy brought up a one of the guys brought up a valid point. It was he I think he had COVID early on in the year. Mm. So they were saying maybe it's taken him a while to get his legs back underneath him because some people obviously have prolonged like side yeah. effects from it. So maybe he's finally kind of getting into like full shape and back like you know good stamina and all that so that could be a part of it but i'm sure conte helps it in his style right mm-hmm. um yeah i think Dirty uh, doesn't yeah. fit nuno at all so yeah. i mean that's he, for he sure really I mean, yeah. they worked together for you know what four four years or something but yeah it, it doesn't fit though that's the weird thing right yeah I mean, it, 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 that's a good point i didn't even think about that connection but yeah it yeah. didn't make at least not with how Nuno was playing here, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think Conte is definitely also getting the most out of him. He's he's a phenomenal coach, which is why we see guys like Davies having that uptick. Like Winks yeah. had a little bit of an uptick. Like he's getting the most out of everyone we have. Unfortunately, I just he's just he's not going to be the answer. And like obviously, it gives us getting a little ahead. But like you look at the third goal, and I a lot of that I think is kind of on him. Just. I mean, of all the people to lose, how do you lose Ronaldo? Like, yeah, yeah. We'll, um, we'll, we'll get to the third goal. We'll, we'll definitely get there, and his name will be brought up again. Um, I think Matt's main point last episode was just the position that he's in now, just at more of a right wing back, and that that is what he's better at. I think a lot of people yeah. said that line too. Hundred um, percent. He gets into the box and gets forward, and like. Yeah creates those opportunities or he's there for the op- like a goal because of that's what he does. That's what he does well. So yeah, yeah you're we right. Really, we really hadn't seen it from him, you know, prior than maybe a, this ra- this last month, you know, but when, when uh, Royale's in there, like he's, he's a good player, Emerson, but he plays very like straight down the line. And when I get past like whatever the 15 yard marker, like on their side, I'm just going to cross it in like something of that, you know, sort and well, you know, there's we, like a good, like, go on. Sorry, I was just say there's a good like 30 second pause, and then he decides to, to cross it. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, you're right. But he's that's the thing is like he's not a wing back. Like I yeah. don't. He does. That's why he struggles at doing that. Like he's a good right back. Yeah, but that's not the system we play. So like I don't I don't know why everyone's like I mean it's like I get it like he's frustrating to watch when he gets in but like it's also like it's not who he is though like yeah. you expect well, like it's and and with that visual example i was explaining like of just straight down the line and then kicks in i mean very very similar to to Aurier. you know very similar to trippier very similar to kyle walker too all of these people are defenders you know they're not really attacking players some of them like kyle walker is just extremely fast or had the same quality trippier could send a good ball in but it was still the same play straight down the line Maybe a give and go, like you might not even get a give and go. It's more just like straight down the line. Um, we're now seeing give and goes, like really t- well timed give and goes all around the park. 
which is just like, are you guys not millionaire soccer players? Like, when did that go out of style? <laughs> pass and move, pass and move. I don't know. But, um, yeah. So, I think, go on. I was just going to say, I think a lot of that could also be because of Kulu coming in. Uh, Kulu's a guy who will come inside, and I think he's just a lot better than Mora, especially on that wing. Like, I just think the way Kulu plays, he fits the system, and he, he opens up anything yeah. outside. Yeah. Or inside for for a, a Doherty run, right? So yeah. I, th- I think it gives more options than what Mora would do if Correct. he was out there. Well, it's almost like with Mora and then with you know Royale or something, they're almost both out of position. They're both kind of <laughs> doing, they're they're both doing what they think they should be doing, but it's not like knowledge of like I feel like with Kula, like he's well positioned there and he does those my favorite word dynamic. But dynamic runs, pulls people in, and then leaves room for Doherty, then checks back to Doherty, gives him the simple pass, and then lets him run. You know, this is all the ball movement that if you've played here your whole life, you kind of know how to get the most out of it. But yeah. I think we, we can see with Lucas, Royale, things like that. Um all right, I'm gonna jump I'm gonna jump a page or two real fast and we'll get back. Yeah. Do you think with like the way we play this like five in the back? Will players like Lucas, like Royale, who are now seeing less and less of the field, will they be with us next season? Or do you think, like, because they don't fit this style, maybe naturally it'll be harder for them to stay? Sorry, this is a, a wild tangent, but. No, I I would hope we get rid of them. Oh, gosh, there we go. Like, it doesn't make sense to hold on to them. Like, I get, like, I know kind of, because I've talked to this about my brother, too, with, like, selling some guys. I'm like, um, like, Tangay, right? Like, and, like, this is not, like, a, like Tangay doesn't fit the Conte system, probably, right? Mm-hmm. But, and this is just all hypothetical, right? Like, if Tangay was good, do you sell him because he doesn't fit Conte, knowing that Conte probably won't be here that long? Like, that's just kind of his MO, right? Do you get rid of talent now just for the short term? Or yeah. do you, like, somehow make it work for the long term? Like, and I, I don't know, but with Mora, he's older. So, like, I definitely would say, hey, let's get rid of him. There's no reason to hang on to him if he doesn't fit the system. Let's bring in guys. Like, especially the way we operate where we don't bring in unless we sell. So, like, it would only make sense to, like, get rid of some of these guys that don't fit. So, Yeah, Yeah, and and that that question was really less of a transfer window question, more of a, you know, Conte's formation question. I think you answered properly. I'm just kind of, like, reminding the audience that, that's not really about like what we think is going to happen in the summer, just what we think might be smarter working with Conte, you know, and yeah. you see a player like Kulisevsky come in and, you know, you can't move him out of that spot. He does it so well, you know, and if, if we had and, and, and all over the pitch, but players who knew where they were playing. Um, and I feel yeah, like that, I that's been trouble with Spurs ever, ever since we've been good. I mean, Eric Dyer have, has been out of position his whole career at Spurs. You know, all of our midfield has been out of position. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy to see people in position. Um, and and I like what you said about Kulisevsky because to to move around kind of the lineup a little bit, he's been such a difference maker. You know, since he's oh, yeah. been, you know, hundred percent agree. I don't know if I really care for the song for him yet. I don't know something about a gender. gender. Yeah, it's catchy. I don't mind it. It's too many words, and I don't get the tune until you get to the last line. Sorry, I'm very picky with my songs. <laughs> well, we're notoriously bad at songs at Spurs, so. Yeah, they're notoriously uncreative, or like, I go through this in my industry, but like, people are way too creative. It's like, slow down there. We don't need all that, <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> um, I, the best, Spur, my favorite Spurs song though is the Deli Alley one for sure though. Oh, for sure. But that is simple and beautiful. And yes, he's, it to my knowledge, I believe he's like one of the only. But I, I could be wrong. I could just not know. Um, but <laughs> one of the simplest and maybe some of the best is just uh, Toby, 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 Toby. <laughs> Very simple. And then yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sorry, these are my favorite. Who's this? So good. Oh yeah, no, I mean, but um, it was simple also. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah. But yeah. Hugo's also very simple, <laughs> more of just a chain. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're, very, we're, picky. we're very picky about our, our who gets songs and who doesn't at Spurs. Um, I'm very much so like everyone needs a song, but it's got to be you got to be able to sing it. Like I'm surprised Lucas still doesn't have a proper song or just anything like he's done so many things. I feel like we've sung his name before, but never like. Yeah, I don't know. All right, that tangent's over. Back to the back. Yeah. Um, just to continue on with the starting lineup, Benton Core back in. Um, I just want to leave, leave there for a second. How did you feel with Benton Core and kind of his performance? I, I thought he was solid. I mean, he wasn't yeah. great. I don't think anyone really stood out for the most part of this match in general. Um, yeah. I think most people were solid for the most part. I don't. Yeah. I don't think anyone was terrible, and I don't think anyone was good. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I fully agree with that. Um, and then looking at basically our front line, we have Sun, uh, Kulo, Kulu, and uh, our boy Kane. Um, basically the same three we've had in the last multiple games. Not even talking about their performance, but we already mentioned it. What are your thoughts on that, like just that three up front? And do you think anyone else can break into that? You know, or is that kind of what we need in every single game? You know, I'm more talking about just those three, not their performance on on the night. Uh, with the roster we have currently, there's definitely no other option, in my mm. opinion. I think. Not even your boy. Not I even- love Stevie B, but I don't. Yeah. I think he would be like the only other guy that could break in. I think, yeah. and that would only be in certain situations I feel like but I think also he's much better off the bench like I thought like we uh discussed um I think in the text during the match like yeah. he would have been a good option to come off the bench I thought before Mora with how he plays and his ability to I mean the, I don't think people understand how good his one touch passing is like I think he opens up a lot cuz he plays so quickly and that's one thing we struggled with I thought during a lot of this matches yeah we have a lot of possession compared to United during this whole match but a yeah. lot of it was kind of around the back or and and then kind of you know just holding on to it waiting for something to happen yeah. but Stevie's a guy who will make those dynamic runs or quick one two passing and really open things up or go at someone which is what Kulu does really well so I think I think Kulu's just more solid overall so yeah. I think he makes more sense to get the start son I would like I, I, man and this is like a weird thing like um Sun has been pretty meh lately, and I would like to maybe see Bergvine start over Sun just to be like, to like send Sun a message, kind of like, like, hey man, you're droppable, like kind of let's let's get going. Yeah, I, mean, I just we'll, yeah, we'll get on to the Brighton match, but even like in a, in a match like that, like midweek, we have another game, big game, West Ham on the weekend. Yeah. That's not even like telling Sun he's droppable. That to me, that's smart. I don't know if it always works. But, you know, 
Um, cause I, I think I just want to get back to what you're saying a second ago. I think you're exactly right about like Steven Bergwine's attacking ability and that we have seen him like last season, maybe miss wide a lot of shots, things like that. Things that he's got like hung out to dry for, but I think you can really tell that he has a knack for the ball at his feet and for attacking. And especially when you don't play him and when he feels like he's backed into a corner, he plays aggressive and it's aggressive with like a goal scoring ability, not just like aggressive, like Romero plays aggressive or like even Lamelo would play aggressive. No, it's aggressive. Like I'm going to get to the ball before you, I'm going to do that with the attacking things. Um, and one thing you made me think of it this is why I, I wanted to get to it. One thing we haven't seen yet, which I would be very excited to see would be a match with Bergwijn and Kulu on the pitch at the same time. Cause I think they play at different paces but they both play at that that like attacking, like really strong attacking mindset that we have like a counterattacking team right now. But I think that would help change a counterattacking team into a ta- just a regular going forward team. You know, um, I, I, I'd be very excited to see both of them on the pitch. Yeah, they definitely are. And that's what Sun does, too. But I don't know. Lately, he just seems to be a little bit slow, which is one of my criticism I've had of him throughout everything even when he's when he's on he's like he just does he just there's like no thinking he just goes 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 and then some when he's off he like overthinks everything it looks like and he plays slow yeah so it's just i was watching stevie just goes and just goes he goes at you yeah no i was watching the goals i mean spurs always put on the you know like every week they show like oh what happened last week um or not last what happened last season um all the goals and stuff like that. And so it was the goals from when we beat them 6-1. And the connection between Harry Kane and Son was exactly what you're talking about. There was no, like, lapse of mind. There was no middle. It was just go. Um, and for me, I think me and Matt mentioned it last episode, but Son has been a little bit meh, has been a little bit behind. And, like, you you can tell when Son does it when the, the ball gets trapped under his foot and he doesn't get the shot off. Like the, And he did it a few times during this match. Um, but for me, I think it's very simple not to maybe like throw him a bone, but he came directly back from injury and went straight into the team and has been played like basically 90 minutes ever since then, um, every match. So I personally think that's what it is. And if that's even close to a maybe of the reality that just, you know, lies on Conte and, and Levy getting people that they feel comfortable putting in there. I mean, basically what they're saying right now is they'd rather have injured son over anyone else, you know, which I don't agree with. I'm, and I'm sure you don't, but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, we got rid of heel, which is a guy who could play on that flank yep. or in the he middle. Was, he was getting that position over Bergwijn. Yeah. And I mean, no Lo Celso or Delhi, like regardless of their form, like they're still, better than a Harvey White or Alfie Devine, right? Like these are and then we don't we don't have any attacking middle depth at all. Yeah. Like Berg- name Berg- one Berg- attacking middle we have. Bergwijn is the depth. But one he's not really a, a cam. He's he's a oh, wing yeah. guy. And like yeah. you can put more in the middle, but then like he's also a guy that doesn't fit Conte's system. He yeah. dribbles and, and dribbles and dribbles. Conte wants to move the ball more so so yeah we don't have what we need in my opinion to like to be the best that we can. And like, I understand Conte's statements again about how we got weaker, even though we brought in two good players, yeah. we lost any and all depth that we had with who we got rid of. 
I mean, and you look at it, we bring in two players. Ben Secor's already gone through an injury, you know, and that's quick, but that's professional soccer. And, yeah. um, you know, again, we'll get to it kind of in chronological order, but we're jumping around a lot. Um, yeah. But, I mean, like, Kulu came off in, like, whatever, the 70th or 80th minute, and it was still like, damn, like, I wish they didn't bring Kulu off because he's one of our best options, you know? And so it's just one of those things. It's like, yeah, what what do we do in, in that attacking attacking wise? Yeah, I didn't want to bring him off. I don't. I don't think he played great, but he was also better than just as good as everyone else. Like, if anything, I would have thought Son would have made more sense. Bring off Son and bring in in Bergvine, or yep. somehow move Son maybe to the middle and then Bergvine out wide and drop Hoiberg or like I don't. You know like, what I mean? Like, is that too much? Is that too like FIFA for for like a professional coach to to actually maybe. match? You know. Is it too, is that too much to like do for like ten minutes though? You know what I mean? Because like that's when it would have happened. Like, hey, just that's kind of your job as a manager is to just kind of make make it work and yeah, make those calls. But then also, I don't know what they do during the week. But during the week, you know, practice like, hey guys, if this situation happens, Bergman will be on the left, Sun will be up here, Harry will drop into this. You know, um, you would. You would think Conte would want to have that backup option because yeah. we don't have that any attacking midfield options. So if we needed another attacking mid, like center midfielder, like yeah. you would think he would have some sort of backup plan in place. Yeah. But yeah, all right. But, gotcha. Well, that's our usual intro. We usually like to go through the lineup, but we talked about a lot already. That's good. It's the way we like it. Um, but let's jump straight into the match. Um, you know, pre the 11th minute, uh, Spurs really weren't playing bad. Uh, the game didn't start off like too horrible. Um, it was pretty back and forth. It wasn't anything special. But then a moment of, you know, true class, true world class uh, from Cristiano Ronaldo. And even before that from Fred with the flick. I mean, I think Fred's flick is almost as important and as as well done as, you know, Cristiano's goal. Um, and you can't do nothing about it. You can't really tell Hugo to do anything about it. The only thing is is the midfielders in the middle could have stepped up a little bit faster. But you you watch it. You watch it in full speed. World class from both of them. Uh, what are your thoughts on that goal and maybe the build-up to the goal, anything before the goal, um, anything that kind of led to it? Because to me, it was against the run of play. It was their one chance at that moment, only 10 minutes in. But, you know, what, what are yeah. you in that first goal? In that I agree. The, the game was pretty open. Sorry. Yeah. Off. But, yeah, the game was open at that point. I think maybe you would give maybe a little bit of an edge to United at that point. I think they looked a little bit more dangerous. But, like, I wouldn't say they looked like they were going to score and we looked terrible by any means. Um, I guess we – was that – I mean, we the sun opportunity – down the flank, I think it was before that, which is a good opportunity. But yes, yeah, back back to their goal. Sorry, uh, yeah, I guess you could have asked Benton to be a little bit tighter on Fred at that point. But, I mean, that's also yeah. he, yeah. And then I guess the only thing that probably legitimately should have been done was probably Dyer stepping out more so on Ronaldo. Um, yeah, he was just, yeah, yeah. Sorry, can't take away from that shot. You're right. It, it was a phenomenal. Phenomenal shot, but Dyer probably should step out on there because, like, Ronaldo's a guy that's gonna hit you. If that was Fred, if that was McTominay, then I get like not, but like, yeah, yeah. Ronaldo's a guy who has that ability. Yeah, 
he's probably not going to beat you on the dribble as much as he would have back in the day. So, like, yeah, step out a little bit yeah. and try to take that shot off. And I think – so I think you can put some blame on Dyer, but then again, it's also an incredible shot. Yeah. Um, so it's disappointing. But that's yeah. why you sign players like that, and that's what exactly. Conte has said again. Like, about our team, it's like we only sign young guys. We don't yeah. buy established players, but like that's oh, why yeah. you do the, those guys can make moments like that, and those are moments we need. And yeah, and I mean, uh, the the whole you know synopsis of this game can be shown and talked about in this first goal, and then we'll be talked about again with the rest of the goals. But I mean, this game and the title of this episode is Spurs versus Ronaldo. I mean, Fred played good in the middle for them, but other than that, there was no one else on the pitch that did anything. That did anything, and motherfucking. Uh, what he did there is exactly what you just said. You sign players of that quality for those reasons. I mean, in all three of his goals, he did 97% of everything that happened. And it was all world class. And it, it, it was better than the defenders in front of him. It wasn't a flick. It wasn't a, a, a mistake or anything. It was leagues better than the player in front of him. You know, and he... One man, man forced it, you know, and that's, that's what that goal was. I mean, that was sheer world-class from 30 yards out. Um, yeah. But in one thing, the commentators were saying that they were practicing, uh, they were practicing uh, long, long range shots before the match. So I don't know if it's something that, you know, Ragnarok or, you know, if they were, if they were planning that beforehand, but it does seem like maybe that is something that, you know, is one of the few ways to get around Spurs. You know, we we do kind of like to shield people out, which is good. We've had, you know, low scoring opponents. And so really it's one of those things that we've talked about that we need to do better, which is just put shots on net. But a lot of their shots from Pogba, from Ronaldo throughout the match came from outside the box. You know, there are low quality chances, but I mean, if you have a fucking top quality finisher, He's yeah, the one, like, he can do that, you know, he can do that 1% chance. Um, and no, that's a, that's a really valid point because I remember hearing that too and I took notice and you're right, and we weren't stepping out still. And like, yeah. so maybe that's why they were taking them because, yeah, yeah, because then eventually you'll catch them maybe stepping out, but we needed to be stepping out, I think, for sure on those shots and taking away yeah. from at least certain players, yeah, of that quality. Mm. Well, but yeah, I, I mean, I. I, I, and again, it's like we don't know if their coach kind of coached them to do that for this match, but I've heard that that's what he does, that he's a very tactical coach. And for some people it looks boring sometimes, but it's also like that's how you win a 3-2 match, you know. Um, but, you know, with people stepping out, I will say we kind of mentioned his name in the beginning. Bentoncourt could have maybe done a little bit more. I think for some of this, and I don't want to like place too much blame on it, it's more of an idea than, than anything. You can't hold too much weight. but. You know, Bentoncourt kind of steps out slowly. Fred does the beautiful flick. And then, uh, you know, it's a wonder, wonder goal. But it's one of those things that's like, in this league, you have to know that people will score worldies on you from in, yeah. you know, in yeah. the minute, you know, And so you have to step to the ball, like, aggressively willing to win it, which Dyer didn't either. But, like, at those midfield positions, like, you can't let simple passes go by you. You need to take Fred out. Like, you need to step like a Roy Keane would have stepped back in the day. Like, baller man. Like, the play is stopping when it goes yeah. past him, you know? 
I agree. He steps. He, I, I, I think I was remember watching. He steps hard, but like he's he really like does. He six does. yards off of him, and like that's yeah. the issue. Is like there's so much time that Fre- like Fred gets rid of it well before like he really is on him. So like if he's only a yard or two off, like that step puts Fred under pressure, and yeah. he probably doesn't make that grade of a flick pass, right? Yeah, yeah. But when you have time, like you can make those passes easily. Like you know, like these they're. Premier League players, like I don't care if yeah. it's Fred or not, like he he's gonna be able to do that. Like yeah. obviously you or I will be different, but like these guys are all like, yeah, that's why they're in a Premier League team. Like it's not no, a it's, jo- like, there's no mistake I mean, about a player who plays exactly. in the Premier League. Level. Exactly. So. Now, we, we can talk down on Man U. We can talk down on Fred, like many people had for years, but he's been at Man U for years. Man U's a, a legendary team. It, it just like you're saying, like these players are here for a reason. Even if you think you can you know, talk down a little bit comparatively, but no, they're world-class Premier League, Manchester United players. You know, you have to step. And again, it's like, it's baller man. Like you have to play every moment, like you could lose or you could win. And that's where a player like Cristiano Ronaldo at 37 years old knows that, you know, and he's like, look, I'm going to take a touch. He has many shots that we'll discuss after this one that don't even go in that he's doing the same thing. It's like, he, like he's the, taking the shot. You know, yes, you know, and like he's like, I have to do it like this if I want to score. Like that's uh, just, my jump to it, but his his outside of the foot shot, it was in the second half. The ball yeah. drops and he just kicks it. And the I think I was listening originally to Sky Sports, like, oh, he toe poked it. Like, no, he I thought it was a toe poke. Uh he didn't toe poke, he side footed it and he knew exactly what he was doing. Near post, put a curve on it, and I mean it was going in. It was a beautiful I, shot, you know. I'm saying that was just a clever toe poke. I'm still sticking with it, but yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll vote on that. We'll we'll get the audience opinion. <laughs> but no, I mean, but like back to that point, like, and then kind of to- on the game too, like, even after that, right? Like, we were getting the possession and we were creating. We made some opportunities, but we weren't yeah. taking the shot ever. Like, we, just, we it's like we were trying to like pass it in or something like that. Like, yeah. I think our first shot came from Hoiberg from like. 20 out and it's just like before that there was a great opportunity for for son well that one down the flank that passed down the flank and then he cut in he could have shot it didn't this is still a good pass to kane kane could have shot like it's like prime kane spot i swear he's gonna shoot he tries to pass in doherty making a run lose it like we need to take shots like we don't score without shots and like especially from our two star players like conte said uh I think he said in the post con- or uh, conference today, like press conference, like these guys need to step up. Our big players need to step up. Now, hundred percent, hundred and twenty, and hundred and thirty percent. Like those are the moments. That's yeah. what Ronaldo did. He took yeah. shots. Like yeah. you're the guy. You need to yeah. take on these moments and yeah. not pass it off. Like I, I'd be, I'm more upset with Kane not shooting than he would have if he did shoot. You know what I mean? Like he put his shot and got deflected. Yes, I, I fully agree. Like I get it, but it's Kane. I, I I will let Kane take that shot. I will let Son take that shot, especially Son, like who's so good coming off and curling those shots in. Like, yeah. well, and, I mean, and when Kane hits it, it can like not even make it to the goalkeeper. The whole defense freezes. You know, when he winds up, the whole defense freezes. So at something like that, where let's say it makes it the keeper bounces back. All right, now Doherty is already making that run in. Like you have someone there for the deflection versus forcing a hard pass. And then giving the shot to someone who doesn't shoot that often, you know, 
Like you shoot, yeah. put everyone on their heels, keeper, you know, parries it away, and then Darty's, you know, just running by himself. Um, exactly. In the heat of the moment, we're you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But it's just like, yeah, in in the way of things, I'd rather have Sun or Kane shooting over passing. You know. Exactly, a hundred percent. Like that's what they're there for. Doherty's not a shooter. Like you're the shooter, take the shot, and we'll go from there. Especially that early in a match, though, you take those shots. Like yes, exactly. That, that tells De Gea, hey, they're going to take the long running shots. Yeah. That tells their back line, hey, they're going to take shots from where we need to close down, which might open up spaces behind them in the future, right? Like, like that's what you do. Like, you just get things going and put the defense on their back foot with yep. like decisions like that instead of trying to dink it around. Yep. But, no, I fully agree. Yep. And so you're right. Just to move forward a little bit. So, in the 18th minute, uh, soon after that, not too late in the game, but Hoybier, he, I mean, credit to him on that play. His steal in the middle of the park, I mean, that's what yeah. – like, obviously you're not going to do that like every time the ball comes past you. But that's what we want him to be doing every game. Mm-hmm. Breaking it up when the ball comes near you, whether you're in their half or our half. Like, you're supposed to be the rough house and get your foot on the ball and not let anyone pass you. He does it, you know, 40 yards out. Uh, obviously, maybe not the best shot, but really it wasn't a poor shot. It, it had power. Probably, it wasn't good. Much. But in, in the effects of what we talked about before, that we just want more shots from them, I, I, I appreciate that. You know, that's when it's like, yes, yeah. we were just saying, you know, it's like, okay, it's not Kane, but put it on there, you know? Um, that was literally my reaction when it happened. I was like, oh, that wasn't a good shot, but, like, it was a shot. Like, we should have yeah. – this should have happened from Kane earlier, from Sun earlier. Like, these are things – like, why is our first shot coming from Hoiberg from, yeah. like, this area? Like, I, yeah. that's what I was upset about. Like, he had to be the first guy to do it. Yep. Of all people. Yeah. So, but yeah, I 100% agree with what you just said. Yep. And, and then to move forward just a little bit. So, uh, well, not very far at all. One minute later, the 19th minute, yeah. uh, Ben Davies has the beautiful run down the line, um, pass from Sonny. Um, so, I have it written down. Yeah. Yeah. Pass it was a yep. Give and go. Yep. Uh, but Davies was just off sides. But either way, like, you know, taking that. Ronaldo world-class goal out of it up until I mean you know past that to when we score and stuff like that up until basically the 37th minute when they scored their second goal we controlled that first half we were the ones having most of the possession I saw a few stats that were just you know that would be like the last five minutes uh but it would it was saying you know Spurs were having 80 percent possession over their 20 percent um you know, the result, this result, as, as Matt kind of texted in the group, he was like, man, that left such a bad taste in my mouth. The result sucked, but I think the bad taste after this was way more because we played good for the most part. We played better than we would really expect. Hey, can you shut that door? <clears throat> we played better than we would expect um, usually going into Manu. You know, and I mean, I, I don't think, man, you played that well. That's why I think it was 100% uh, Spurs versus Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think for the most part, we created a bunch of opportunities. We just never took them. We never did anything with them. And that's the, that was the, that's the part that killed. Like, we played well enough to for sure get worst case scenario a point out of all this, I thought. We had three terrible mistakes on defense. Or maybe two that led to 
to them scoring. And then other than that, defense was pretty solid, I thought. We didn't give up too many other clear-cut opportunities. So I think, like you are saying, 100%, just we were playing well. Yeah, United at that point probably were sitting deeper because we struggled to break down any teams when they sit deep. Yep. But and that's why we had more possession. But yeah. we were creating like we were still creating some pretty good opportunities, like that Davies situation. Like yeah. that that's great. That was a good thing to see. And I like gave me confidence going in. And we still were kind of creating some of those opportunities, I think, um throughout the match. So Yeah. Yeah, no, so I mean and then moving forward at that point it's still one nil. We've had a goal called back, we've had about three or four chances. So Yeah, I mean, the dire one cleared off the line. Yep. Yep. Um, so I wasn't feeling like too worried. Uh, Matt had said, I think in our group chat, but it was like, once they got that first goal, it was like, okay, here comes the low block, which is, you know, our worst nightmare. Um, it is. and it did it kind does. of happen, but I still thought we were able to pick them apart as we can see, like with that, that, uh, Davies run. And then 37th minute, uh, no, no, no excuse me. 33rd minute. Um, Kulu with the in great individual effort. This is why I always want him on the field, but great individual effort. And this is what yes. we're talking about, you know, just forcing things into dangerous positions and, you know, gets by one almost doesn't, but just by sheer will keeps going, gets by, uh, and plays a good ball in. And what is an obvious handball, um, an obvious PK, but you know, sometimes with Spurs, you can't always expect those. I, no. I I can expect that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Especially after we had that one in the first half, too, that they didn't call, which wasn't a penalty, but like they reviewed yeah. it. Like, not like hardcore review, but like they, they, they stopped. I think they just they looked at it afterwards and they didn't call it. It was on Dyer, I think. His hand was down at his side, but yeah. Um, so I was like, oh man, with the way they didn't call that one, this one will probably yeah. get called back. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, let's talk about the penalty, though. Yes. That was a heck of a penalty taken by Kane because De Gea guessed right. Yep. He yep. just buried that thing in that bottom left corner. That was insane. He's still good yeah. at penalties. Yeah. World class. I mean, when you see him do it, he makes it look so easy. Makes it seem like, uh, I don't know, like everyone's about to do it like that. But no, it's that was world class. Yeah, he makes it look so yeah. easy. But <laughs> I mean, he buried that thing. I think mean, he hit that with so much pace and low end in the corner. Like, there's like literally nothing Dea could do unless he jumps super early on oh, yeah. that. Yeah. And then at that point, I think Kane's good enough to probably recognize and see that, and he'll just pass it the other side. That's what's like so good about some of these penalty takers is like how they can do that. Like Man. for me, like I just bury it wherever I'm going, but these guys will like wait to see and sometimes, and then last second decide where they're going, and like that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean if if. I ever tried to put that much power on a ball, it would just go sky high. It would not go in the, in the net, you know? Uh, it would be um, like uh, Kepa's, Kepa's penalty. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's good. But, um, <laughs> yeah, nah, Harry slots it. What a beautiful penalty. Um, that was the 33rd Excuse me? Yeah, I was just saying we got back into the match then. I felt good. Uh, 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 one, one. Yep, exactly. Um, and truthfully, it wasn't like we really fell apart right away or anything like that. This next goal had happened pretty quick after, but like we were still playing good, but just, I would say a defensive, you know, mistake, not just from Reggie, uh, 
Gary Neville was was commentating on Sky Sports, and he was saying in the second half that you know looking at that you know offsides call and basically Reggie keeping him on, basically thinking how he was like he was like I feel for Reggie because when everyone kind of moves up quickly and you're kind of left there to to struggle, you know, or to, or to like be caught out. Um, it's not always your fault. And really like the last person's supposed to be the center, not the wingbacks. So Reggie could have moved up quicker, but they all kind of moved up at once. He was a step behind and Sancho was a step on. Um, very difficult skill as a defender because it's just being a team. And, you know, that's why it moves from like Dyer. Dyer should have, not saying should have, but in that argument, Dyer should have been the last one. He should have been the one monitoring. Even if he still would have been left on, Dyer shouldn't have moved up without him is kind of the, the mindset. Um, but, yeah, either way, Reggie keeps him on. And, uh, you know, Sancho goes down the left, plays a very simple FIFA pass into the middle. You know, when you see that ball coming in from your older brother, little brother, you know, sister's, you know, best friend, you just know they're going to score. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. And when it's Cristiano Ronaldo, Especially in FIFA, you just know they're going to score. <laughs> but yeah. in real life, it's he makes it look even easier. Yeah. Um, well, I Hugo got a foot to that. It just, just it went off the top of his foot, so it was close. Actually, I was surprised. But, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I think Reggie definitely takes a good amount of the blame. But the ball over the top still for Sancho was way too easy. Mm-hmm. I don't like. Well, everyone, everyone put their hands up and you know kind of stopped running and things like that that's also not how you play defense you yeah know? no that was also reggie big time for sure <laughs> like he, he, was but, he was praying like i was i was confident i was gonna get called back because i remember watching the game and he goes oh don't worry he like did like this like it's a no goal after like talking to the the, yeah. the ref and he's like yeah. put his hands up he's like oh don't worry and i'm like oh nice it was definitely offside and then i see the replay and i'm like no yeah, like it's not even really that close, but yeah, it's frustrating. And you're you're right. Like it makes sense for the center back to be the last guy because if he is, if it was Dyer or Romero or any one of those three center backs, yeah, it makes sense because like then that pass across isn't available still, right? Yeah. So you might have that winger on side still. They can recover with maybe an angle, but then at least there's someone there to take off that easy easy goal mm-hmm. that can help recover. So. Yeah, it would have been nice if we would have definitely had a, held our shape a little bit better there. But it, it, they made it look so easy. It was just a stupid mistakes again, right? Like, so. yeah, and I, it, it is stupid and it is sad because the worst part, and I want this is a side note from that goal, but it brings it up. Um, they were playing on each other's side. They're basically playing against each other all day. But I want to know your opinion of Jaden Sancho versus Kulisevsky. This was one of the notes I had put down, or I think I texted it. And well, you like, definitely, yeah, you definitely sent a Kulu greater sign than yeah. Sancho. Yeah. Uh, I thought I they were I said that before this goal, but yeah. yeah. I think if, I think they each had their moments. I think if you looked overall, I think they were pretty evil, even throughout the match. If you like look at the match as a whole. Yeah. I think they were both on the same kind of level. Uh, I think Kulu started better than Sancho. Then Sancho kind of had some moments, especially towards the end. Sancho was a lot more effective, but that's also because we were pushing up so much higher. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I think for the price difference, for sure. I don't. Yes. I think yeah. I'm sad about Kulu. So yeah, I think he could be really good for us in the future. So 
I mean, yeah. there's no reason not to. Yeah, I want to say that I'd rather I would rather spend the money that we spent on in getting Kulu than Sancho. Yeah, spent. If you just look at this game specifically, yeah, I guess even if you look at the season as a whole, well, that's what I was just—that was my next point. Yeah, exactly. Sancho's been, you know, tiny, not not really seen anything from him, and you know, Kulusevski's been revolutionary for you know the little bit of time he's been on. So yeah, that, I mean, I know, yeah, yeah, Sancho struggled to get minutes, but he's been playing more so lately and hasn't really produced too much. Um, I think he's been pretty poor. I actually don't think that he has the strength and quality to play in the Premier League yet. He probably has the, the potential, but I don't think he's there. Whereas Kulisevsky, I feel the opposite. I feel like he has the strength and the ambition coming from Juventus, you know, coming from a world-class team to be, even though, you know, Dortmund's a, a world-class team, but uh, coming to the Premier League, it's just a whole nother, a whole nother level. And I, I think Kulisevsky is closer to that, like what he needs than Sancho at, at the moment. Yeah, no, I think you're 100 percent right, especially when you like talk about the phys- physic- physical wise. Yeah, Kulu's very nice to play. Yeah, which yeah. is crazy. Like, you know how old Kulu is? He's like 21, right? Yeah, like I, he does not. And yes, they're both 21. Yes, uh, yeah, they're both they're both the same age, and I mean, we'll see. Time will tell who ends up to be the better player. But I'm excited with our. Um, with our signing, you know. Yeah, definitely. Should be. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when we first signed him and like I was telling you like all the haters after his like first fifteen minutes? Oh, he sucks! I already know he's gonna be terrible. It's like uh, yeah, yeah, we're. It's like we're, we need to stop that stuff. Let's okay. let's stop. And like yeah. let's get players a chance. Yeah. No, I uh, I fully agree with you, and I mean I I was one of the people that wasn't a hater, but I had no idea who he was when he got here. I was like, oh, yeah, and this guy. But people were saying a lot of good things, and he's from Juventus. But, uh, yeah. All right, so back to the match. We can we can gush over, you know, how much we love Kulisevsky uh, another time. Maybe later in this episode. I don't know. But Probably second, not. He gets sub. Yeah, he does, exactly. So moving into the second half, it's 2-1. We don't really do too much. Like it was, it was pretty back and forth. Whereas I thought we were dominating most of the first half, uh, even though the scoreline didn't really say so. Um, you know, I mean, their two goals at that point, which their third goal is the same, were just great. You know, I mean, the second goal kind of a team effort. We discussed it, but it was still just Ronaldo. It was the it was the simplest of his goals, but still just Ronaldo. So I don't think like they were doing too great, but. Moving past that into the second half, we both kind of took off the fucking gas is what it seemed like. I didn't think we were going forward or putting too much ambition on the ball, um, kind of as I thought we ended the first half. So it takes till the 70th minute, you know, 30 minutes in. Well, we did create a good opportunity, though. Kulu had that one nice little pass to Sun cutting in the middle. And Sun just didn't put it on target. That was a really oh, good opportunity. Yeah, I felt after that kind of went by, then that's when I was really starting to worry because that was like the 60th minute. I want to say, yeah. So I was like, man, if we're not putting away any of our chances like that, like this, it'll be tough to get back in here. Yeah, but but when what? Also, when was that stupid challenge by Tellez that like he studded Reggie in like the chest? Oh my gosh. So that was one I didn't write down. That was one of the first of like undocumented incidents. 
the second half was riddled with time wasting from Man U, uh, lack of calls from the ref. And I think it was a lot of things that did get us off of our like fast-paced rhythm that we at least had a bit of in the first half. Um, but yeah, there was the one that, I mean, like you can say the ball's coming down and he's looking at the ball, but no, at any other time it would be his studs are up and he completely gets the man and doesn't get the ball. It's a red card. You know, like I was watching it by myself. So I'm like, am I crazy? Is that not a red card? The commentators seem to think it's not a red card. Um, but Dude, luckily, no as it could be a red card, which or even I a card, you know, like, yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't expecting it just because I know Chelsea, one of their players had a similar challenge done to them. That mm-hmm. guy at least got a yellow card. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand how that's not a red. Like, it's reckless. You could seriously yeah. hurt someone. I don't care if there was – he had that's no idea. Like, he hard, ball not looking at it, you can't raise your foot like that, you know? No, you can't raise it, especially with your studs up and showing, and then just gut a guy, basically. Like yeah. – that is like the point of a red card. Like a red card's not just because you hurt someone. It's yeah. there's a chance to seriously injure someone. That yeah. is seriously a chance to injure someone. I don't understand how. Like I don't even understand how that's not a yellow card at the very yeah. least. Yeah, that, that blew my mind when that happened. I was like, what? Yeah, no. And uh, that was that was one that I didn't write. To. I actually didn't have any notes, but um, from this match, like during the game, I was just too into the match to write anything down. Um. But then by the end, I did start writing stuff down. And the only other thing I'll get to it in a few few minutes, but was a different missed call. And it was just because I started getting so mad at these calls that the ref was just, you know, glossing over. And then, you know, man, you just taking all their time in the world. Um, but, yeah, so then moving forward, 70th minute, we get a great ball in from, uh, from Reggie to Sun. And then Sun down the left. And Sun plays another great ball in. Um, but I want to go back to that goal. Great ball into Romero and, you know, um, Harry Maguire, another own goal. Uh, own goals are our third top goal score of the season. I don't know if you saw that stat. They were saying it a lot. That's terrible. Uh, it goes Harry Kane, Sun, and then own goals <laughs> with nine. That's so bad. It's good I did not know that. Yeah, it's good that we're getting – you know, aggressive passes into the goal. We've we've wanted that for a while, but it, it's it's telling about the rest of our goal scoring ability. But okay, the one big thing I want to say about this goal uh, before we get onto the more controversy, uh, Romero basically ends the goal, but he also starts it. If you go back to the original, like the beginning of that play, he starts it with a great pass out of our back, and then he moves forward and you know is the player basically in striker's position. You know, would have probably had a goal if Harry Maguire wasn't there. Um, maybe, you know, if he could have kept it down. He was in, he was in great position. Um, yeah, no. He gets he gets forward so well. Like, if yeah, if yeah. no one, anyone listening doesn't pay attention or doesn't look, like, especially if we're down in a match, yeah. like, pay attention to this dude. This dude gets forward and gets into really good posi- positions yes. so well. I, it's insane. Like, he wants to get forward so badly. Do you think it's more reckless or more uh, like ho- like like you want him to do it? Like you're more. I happy want him to. Do it. It's so okay. aggressive, it's awesome. Like that's just yeah. kind of what he does, and like yeah, it is weird because he's actually really good at it. Surprisingly, yeah. Yeah. He, it scares me a little bit. It. it just you know, whenever playing on teams and you get defenders going forward, it, it means something's wrong usually. Um, and lots of times the he defense- doesn't 
is either out of position or doesn't know what he's doing up front. But we've seen the opposite from Romero, where he gets forward aggressively all the time, likes to get in goal-scoring positions, likes to set people up. And with the way Conte plays, we're usually not caught out. You know, it's not like our one center back, you know, we're usually fine. So I, I'm, I'm okay with it, but I still think it's a bit reckless. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like that aggressiveness. I think he does a pretty good job of balancing it for the most part. He picks yeah. the spots and then – because a lot of times I'll even see he's just like – he's like the guy pressing in yeah. like their middle third. And it's yeah. him. And I'm like – and I'm with you on that. Sometimes I'm like, you got to get back. Got to drop back. <laughs> then I'm like – but if he does, though, then it it lets off the pressure, and then it's maybe easy to pick that pass out. And I'm assuming at that point, someone, I'm guessing Conte has probably coached this in at some point, right? Like someone's dropped back and is kind of like filling in yeah. for him. But whether it's but yeah, I like that. yeah, because like especially when it comes into a spot, like no one's expecting that center back there come running in, play that pass, so he could easily be a free body. Yeah, which kind of was that situation there on on that own goal, like. Yeah. If he's not there, Maguire probably doesn't try to make the clearance. And then, well, maybe. He probably still does. He probably still messes up because Maguire sucks. But, uh, but my favorite part of that entire goal was the replay. I was watching the replay, and then I just look at <laughs> Romero turns and then just stands over. Well, it doesn't stand, but he, he just walks he over at him. and just barks at yeah. McGuire, who just yeah. scores. It was hilarious. I loved it. I love it. I mean, that was my next question. And, um, you know, you see all the, like, proper English, you know, commentators just being like, that's not necessary. You don't do that, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, you know my opinion. It's the same as yours. Screw you. Uh, as a Spurs fan, uh, that's exactly what I want to see. Um, not just like being dirty or anything like that, but being aggressive and having heart and passion. And, uh, I mean, when you celebrate a goal, whether it's right in front of someone or not, it's the same thing. Um, I don't know if karma's a yeah. thing, but it kind of comes back to bite us. Not um, maybe. Maybe. But, but it's, it's not like, I would not have liked it if he stood over them and, and for like, you know, just 40 seconds or 10, 20 seconds was berating him. Like he turns around, looks over him and like slowly, like he, it's not like he's went way out of his way to do anything. Like yes. it wasn't I bad. Like, you know, did, I, I love it. I'm not going to justify my love for it either. Yes. It's, I, it's, I don't know. It wasn't that bad. I don't understand how anyone can complain about it. Like, <laughs> I well, can't but, like, but you said like commentators was it necessary? Well, was it necessary for McGuire to score it himself? No. So tit for tat. <laughs> this is great. Yes, this is what it's all about. Uh, yeah, I love it. At the end of the day, I felt so good at that point. I'm like, ah, 72nd minute. Like, here we go. We're holding. We've been playing well enough. Not giving up too many opportunities. I thought we had a tie for sure at that point. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then it was. We we were looking good, but. You know, it happened again. Uh, I didn't write down the minute for this one, but it was like 80-something minute, um, you know. 80-second. 80-second minute. uh, Ronaldo does what Ronaldo does. And that's what I'm saying about karma. I mean, like, if you look at that replay, which is really this one, like the other one's fun and funny, but this one really is disappointing. Romero turns around to look at who's behind him, which is Cristiano Ronaldo, way before the ball's even there. And I know it's like all happening in maybe one and a half seconds, but it's like 
Cristiano Ronaldo takes all that time where you take to turn around and look at him to focus on the ball, get up and over you. You turn around and look at Cristiano Ronaldo and the ball's still like way back here, like way back here. Like just jump, you know, don't look, don't just turn around and look. And it was, I think it was Doherty. Well, Doherty is in front of him, but if you like Doherty, Doherty's behind him. Romero's in the front. Romero is right in front of him though. And all Romero does in that, where there might be two feet in between them, all Romero does in that is turn around and look at Cristiano Ronaldo. And it's like, bro, I just thought, you're right. Doherty is close to Cristiano Ronaldo. Doherty was coming out at him and it, like he gets over where he like falls and Cristiano Ronaldo stumbles up. He looks back. Like he keeps looking back for some reason. I'm like, dude, look at the guy in front of you. Like that's your guy. Watch, watch it again. Watch it again. And, and Romero in the future, but like Romero looks back and he is like just well out of position. Yeah. I thought he was coming in for that near post guy running, and I thought he looked back because he saw that was Doherty then had hit had Ronaldo. That's how I interpreted it all. I don't know, but Romero looks very goofy, and the ball goes right over his head. And I mean, wow. Cristiano Ronaldo makes Doherty look goofy too because he gets over him, he like stumbles and like turns backwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Ronaldo doesn't miss a, a free header. Yeah, he's exactly. like six exactly. yards out. Like, yeah. It's just disappointing that it's disappointing on both on both Romero and Doherty at that point that, that both of them look it, off instead yeah. of guarding the one the yeah. most dangerous guy in that situation. Yeah, like, I kind of look at uh, Romero with with more gripe, not even just for like how I just explained it, but being that aggressive defender. If you want to be this center back, you know, aggressively go pick out their best man and go boot to boot with him. You know, like don't. Don't just like pick an area and let them watch the ball fly over your head. Pick out their best man and make sure he doesn't touch the ball. I mean, someone in the defense should have been marking him. And I think it was Doherty, but like personally, as I'm saying, like if you're Romero and you want to be this aggressive, you know, maybe captain the defense one day, go pick out Christian Ronaldo and, and flatten him, shut him down, like not with your elbow, but like make sure he doesn't get the yeah. ball. You know, well, you can you can elbow guys in the face. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> no, please. You would yeah, jo- Kai Harvard. Kai, Kai Harvitz did it. It's just oh it's okay. My gosh. Okay, we won't talk about that on this podcast. But yeah. But yeah. So it's okay. He could have done that as long as he's not looking at the ball. As long as he's looking at the ball, you can do anything with your fist, I guess, or elbows, like or or, or bottom of your cleat. We already discussed. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So I mean, as long as you're not looking at the player to know that, like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's a reckless challenge. Like, wouldn't not looking to see where you're challenging be a reckless and endangering challenge? Yeah, where your studs are going, exactly. Yeah, um, like that's reckless and endangering. But hey, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the rules. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Try and follow them. Um, yeah, the only the only counterpoint to that though is like for Romero, I'm guessing they have assignments, so he probably just can't leave his guy just to mark Ronaldo. In yeah. that situation, I'm only um, guessing that as well. But yeah, it was disappointing. I, then my my heart just dropped at that point. I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Yeah, yeah. And I think like that mixed with some substitutes that came in. We're gonna discuss the subs. But the last thing I really want to say about the game is like it wasn't like directly after that, but the last ten minutes of the game, he scored in the 81st, 82nd. The last ten minutes. Just all of Spurs' actions were not good. You know, like Kane had one that was just like a pass to nowhere. You know, like multiple people just like 
they would get the ball and then just pass to nowhere. And it's like, guys, we have like six minutes left. Like it's not like the last 30 seconds, but up until the last 30 seconds, we just like kind of, I think no most of them were out of steam. And discombobulated yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like there was no cohesion. Like everyone was like, it was like they were trying way too hard to force something yeah. instead of yeah. kind of like working together. Like, I'll take what's given, work together, yeah. and then maybe yeah. force a little bit. They were trying mm-hmm. to like, hardcore force things to, yes. to work and it's just like kind of kind of have to take what's given to you and then pick out your moments here or there not just yeah. whatever yeah but yeah it was it was frustrating i was the substitutions were interesting well there was also the pogba challenge on harry kane which i thought yeah, also could have been, that. been a red card from my understanding i always thought a side tackle from behind studs yeah. up into someone's Achilles was a red card, but yeah, yeah that's again, the, I mean that was super late. Who knows? Card. But like, I I don't know. I don't get it. At least he got a yellow card for that. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. Yeah, I. Yeah, I no, know, it, uh, you're exactly right, and that is the one note I wrote down. Um, you know, and John Moss, you're the worst. Um, you gave us that penalty, but that's because it was the easiest thing you could ever do. Um, everything else was horrible throughout the second half. And that was just another example. And it, it, I mean, like, I think it, we had mentioned it already, but talking about the second half, I think they did a good job of just throwing us off rhythm. And then I kind of want to mention the, the substitutes, you know, so 78th minute, I think it's kind of late, but Lucas comes on for Kulisevsky. And personally, I disagree with both of those subs. I wouldn't have taken Kulisevsky off. I wouldn't have put Lucas on. I would have put Bergwijn. If you on. did take Kulisevsky off, who would you have put on for Kulisevsky? Bergwijn. I mean, I don't Thank mind you. him on the right, or yeah, but he just has as in that moment, in that in those moments, like the aggressive touch that we we were talking about before. Um, Dude, the worst that was Winks bringing Winks yeah. on. Yes. Like yeah. Winks did what Winks always does. He gets the ball and just like he's just like yeah. puts his foot on it and then just kind of stands there and like, what do I do? Yeah, for for how like how many good things we could say about Winks in the in the past like couple weeks, year, month and a half, kind of like he's had kind of like oh man, he's not horrible, but he in the, in the like whatever like five minutes he got to play, he definitely played some passes into nowhere, played some passes to the back where it's like we have to go forward, bro. Like what? Are, but a lot he of people. Go on. I think he did have that nice pass in behind. To Sun or someone, but yeah, that was about it. Yeah, I can't remember, but yeah, I mean, he was he when Conte started to give him a couple minutes again, uh, he looked good, and then he's just reverted back to his old self where everything's passed backwards, sideways, yeah, takes too long on the ball, and then yeah, a sideways pass is fine if you do it quick, <laughs> like if you're doing this quick and it's back and forth, that's perfectly fine, but if you're gonna, wait, that's not your old pass, yeah. Yeah, if that's only thing you are ever doing and not ever progressing the ball forward, especially in a system where we only have two center mids, like yeah. our center mids need to be a little bit more progressive at times and not always sideways and backwards passes. And yeah, that and when he when yeah. he looked good is when he was playing those progressive passes over the top through and or big switches. But yeah, yeah. that hasn't happened for a while with him. So yeah. Yeah, no, so we had, you know, Lucas Moore come in at the 78th minute for Kulisevsky, and then Winks not to the 88th for Benton Core. So 
I wouldn't have taken either of those players off and I wouldn't have put either of those players on. Um, but again, it's kind of like, what can you do? Um, Bergwijn, yeah, I mean. but, but then again, like Bergwijn at the 87th minute, it's like, dog, put Bergwijn in like in the 82nd minute, the second that goal goes in, you know, like what is the Yeah, I just wonder if he had to take time to warm up. I don't know. And that's why, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. That has, that has to be quicker if it is possible. Yeah. Um, all so all, maybe he was standing at the best time to come in and could yeah. in. I don't know. But yeah. yeah you're, you're right, though. But all in all, uh, what do you think of Antonio Conte's performance um, on the match with you know everything we discussed, lineup, starting lineup to substitutions to you know how we played for sure, you know, throughout the match? I, like I said, I it's. I've read again some comments and stuff. People are like, "You can't take you played well on a loss as like a a victory." But like, yeah. look, I mean, we're we're not a great team at the moment, right? I mean, yeah. we're solid. We're playing better. Like, I mean, that's all you can do is play well, right? Like, sometimes things just don't go your way, but you can. There's a lot of positives to take from this match. Mm-hmm. I thought Conte did well, especially give like, yeah, we complained about the subs and when they happened and. Who yeah. came in, but like also, there's no other options. Like, was he supposed to put Alfie Divine on or like, Har- like Harvey? What? Like, I, it wasn't like the answer, right? So, like, yelling a bit. We, um, we played well, we just didn't take our opportunities, we didn't shoot when we should have. And yeah, just three kind of boneheaded mistakes in the back on the back line again. Um, it and, sucks. Uh, yep. Disappointing because yeah. it's such a big match and important three points, but we played pretty well. Like I don't know. Like I would have liked to see more from Kane and and Son for sure in this match, especially given the important importance of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought we played solid. Like I said, I like we deserved a point. Mm-hmm. I think. I think, I, I think, so too. There, I I think, think yeah, I think so too. I think it would have been very difficult to get three goals, but for two. Effort is a big also going on them. Um, so that's like a very difficult thing. And to think we didn't play good, that's completely wrong. My only fear is that we did run out of steam at the end. So, like, we need to, you know, we don't have many subs either. We need to rotate a little bit tomorrow for Brighton. We'll get into Brighton in a second. Um, or, you know, so I, I, I don't know. But um, for the most part, I agree. I think we played good. And I think you can take a victory from a loss. Like the best thing you can do, as you said, is is play good. That's the only thing you can do. That's the best thing. Yeah. You can do. And to see it again at at a good team, they're not the the man you have before, but a good team at Old Trafford to see our boys like come out and show like that. I was excited throughout most of the match, and the the sour taste in in, in the mouth at the end is really just Cristiano Ronaldo. That's my main takeaway from it. Uh, you know, Spurs versus Christian Ronaldo and, you know, John Moss. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it hurts more the loss. I'm like I said, I'm not happy we lost, right? Like, I'd rather play, like, like I'd rather have the win or the point. But, like, to your point, like, it's all you can do is play well. If you play well, sometimes things go, sometimes they don't. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yep. No, I fully agree. All right. Well, so looking forward. Um, just a quick, quick little thoughts. And we, if you have any Delhi doubles thinking about this match, cause I don't have one ready, uh, for this next match. 
But if you have one while we're thinking, Bergwijn or Son. Who's that? Is that even uh, so Bergwijn or Son? That's your thought. Yeah, I remember we were, we were talking about that. I feel like that's too like one of the other. I think we should do like Will Bergwijn start. Or what do you think? Will it be Bergwijn or Son on the left? Okay, now we're yeah. gonna, uh, now we'll do that. Bergwijn or Son. So what do you think? Well, I guess it will Son start would be the question. Yeah. Yes, it would make the most sense. And I will say my heart's telling me yes. <laughs> but my, my, my brain's telling me no. So, so I will go with my brain. Son is starting. No, I, I the opposite. My heart's telling me he shouldn't, but my brain's telling me he will. So I will say son starts. Okay. All right. I'm just but I think, I think Stevie B should start. There we go. Okay. Clarifying. All right. Well, I'm just going to go with the opposite for more fun reasons. Uh, I think Bergwijn should start because Sun just needs a rest. And we'll get to yeah. this Brighton game, you know. So Brighton, uh, <laughs> Brighton's lost, I think, their last five games. is the. This is my main point about this match. They've lost their last five games. Now they come to play the Mighty Spurs. It uh, it has a little bit of our handwriting on the wall, but what are your thoughts? Should we be that worried? It's at Brighton midweek. Yeah, are you as scared as I, maybe I am? Um, I just I don't know what to expect from this team week in to week out. Yeah, uh, we always have the ability to, but the way we've been playing. Obviously, when you look at the form, it's just so up and down. I I, I don't know. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like we could win. Um, I guess my my yeah. thoughts are the style of football that Brighton chooses to play. Whether it's going to be like, is it going to be a lot of blocks? So I think we win. Yeah, I think they like to go forward, and they're good at going forward. Yeah. I think like for how good they were at the beginning of the season, maybe they've started to run out of steam. Uh, these are all just hopeful thoughts, <laughs> but maybe that's the case, and they they still like to go forward. But um, yeah, hopefully we can pick them apart. I think. Yeah, I think one, so. Yeah, I think one of the big so things good. that uh, you know has been necessary in all these games, but I think if Harry Kane shows up, we win. I think yeah, I think you bring up a valid point. The way that the way that Brian plays looks good for us right they don't sit in a low block they're aggressive they get forward so i think that bodes well for us and and yeah you're right just like conte said son kane hugo not that hugo's been playing poor he hasn't he's had his moments here there but like these those are those three big names for us have to step up and like yeah if they do that i like our chances Yep, because they're so talented. But yeah, um, but you know, you don't know with this team. Yep. But based off form, man, I, I'm predicting win. Like I said, win loss, win loss. There we go. Yep, exactly. That's the formula at the moment. Pretty um, Yeah. So Brighton tomorrow. That's me a big one. We need it. We need three points everywhere. And then we have West Ham at home, London derby, nine thirty on Sunday. Uh, we most likely won't be back to record before that West Ham game, but um, that's going to be a big one. And yeah, it's huge. We, yeah, yeah. 
we have to win now. Yeah, with the uh, United loss, that's a must win for sure now. Yeah, exactly. I think more important than the Man U game is this West Ham match. But I, I feel confident going taking West Ham at home. I'm excited for that one. I'll actually be back in Virginia uh, watching the Virginia Beach And Matt will be there. We're thinking maybe we'll record after, but we'll see what the, what the how the game plays out before we commit to anything like that. Uh, we'll definitely record something small, though. But, uh, yeah, either way, with all that being said, I want to say thank you very much, Nick, for joining me. We are breaking records by getting up early and recording these <laughs> before. One, two o'clock your time. Night. Yeah, so really? it's only afternoon, but, yes, this is still very early for us, at least recording time. Yes, it is. Yeah. Thank you again. I appreciate it. Um, Spurs thank tomorrow, you. last but not least. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. There we go. All right. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I hate to pot and dash, but I got to go cook dinner. It's 512. Nice. Good shit. Yep. I'm, I'm going sure. to oh, get this shit out like right now before I have to go to work. Nice. But it was a pleasure as always, man. Yep. Yeah. Good.